Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that lots of times I should know by now, but essentially I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts and we know how to analyze, pull apart and take that through the Christian lens, and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, you're self-help books, and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right, so whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author's written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. I hope you will. Yay! Here we go! All right, we're in the interviews portion of the Witty and Gritty podcast, and we're on the mini-series of How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age, and we had Lonnie last week, and we have Shelby next week, and today we have Lauren this week on episode 170. Yes, so I know Lauren Burks because her husband Dylan and my husband Jacob grew up together, And so it's always nice hearing stories from back in the day. Um, But yeah, we asked Lauren on the show because she is killing it both in her family life, in the business world, and she's had such a positive impact on her community. So once again, we interview people that are living out the principles from the book, and I couldn't think of anyone better. Yeah, so welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks, guys. And we are recording during nap time, so that's that's for real. If this episode abruptly <laughs> ends, you'll know why. Yes, and all the moms <laughs> understand that for sure. All right, so Lauren, let's get started. Um, we're going to keep on the four themes from the book, which was engagement, making lasting impressions, trust, and leading change. So on the topic of engagement... Um, A lot of people might feel hesitant to engage with people they don't know very well. Mm -hmm. When it comes to even making mom friends or if someone wants to start a side hustle, you got to talk about the side hustle. Right. And so what advice do you have or how do you approach when you're engaging with people maybe you don't know very well? So for me, when it comes like to the business, I will say that, you know, engagement is like the biggest part not just with like the algorithms but really for me it's that intentional relationship because I fully believe in no relationships are ever coincidental and whether that's just like a small interaction or they sign up to do the business with you and they're in your life for a season Um, so really having on the business side with it being the social media platform having you know content that's like for people to be able to engage with you and then you wouldn't believe how much really goes down in messenger it's really funny because there is some people that have now become customers that they've been with me like in all seasons of my life they got to watch me get married they got to watch me have my first baby they got to watch me lose my first baby they got to 
watch me um, go on to have three more children. They've gotten to see like the hard parts of marriage, like the raw and the real. And I still talk to them daily and I call them, you know, my online besties because it's, you're having that real intentional relationship and you honestly feel like you a hundred percent know them. And it's so funny because before this business, I never would thought that I would go meet up with a bunch of mom friends that I met online five years ago, you know? So it's just really important. And it's, people are so nervous because they're so scared of the rejection. And I feel like that some people too, when you go to engage, they also just want someone to talk to and they just want someone to do the first engagement, you know? So engagement is huge. It's impactful and so much can be done like through engagements, intentional engagements. I like how you mentioned relationships because even as humans, God designed us to be in a relationship with him. So it's no wonder that in order to have that true connection and engagement, there needs to be some sort of relationship there. You can't just be like, Hey, I'm Lauren. See you later. (laughs) It's not how that's Having been in that online space with you, you're definitely very authentic. Um, It's not fake or here's just my highlight reel. It's raw and honest. And so um, I like that you said you share your life with people. And I'm sure that, you know, we all have that level of privacy. But when I think of your content, I think of real, authentic. And I like the part, too, that, like, no one wants to be rejected, but everyone's still waiting for someone else to make that first move. Yeah, and it takes being bold and being brave like you're doing. And we're the more we're vulnerable with each other, like you said, fair and healthy boundaries, healthy vulnerability. You're not like spewing everything, but in a healthy manner, that's a great way for relationships to grow. Do you think it gets easier with practice? Oh, absolutely. I remember... Um, When I first started sharing more and started really just showing like the day-to-day life, like, okay, look, I mean, just for example, like small things like Oak is my messiest baby so far. She's my first baby to be full-time at home with. And just showing like sometimes at the end of the day, like the exhaustion and just, like I said, having that content that's relatable to people that they don't go and look at your social media platform and just see it as a highlight reel and think like, okay, well, she's really got it together. Like she like loves Jesus. She's an all-star mom. Like no showing people that I'm exhausted. There are days where I just want to quit it all. And um, it definitely has gotten easier where it's just, it's, I'm just so quick now to message back and, all my people too that are messaging me with me for the first time, they're so surprised because I send back voice memos because it's more authentically me. You know, I just sound super country. It's not what I think they're expecting. And I'm just half the time they'll message back and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to voice memo you back, but blah, blah, blah. And at first, there's no way at the beginning of this, I would have been confident enough to send a voice memo. So as the years have gone by, It's just like second nature to me now, a hundred percent. Well, see, that's got to be encouraging. Get (laughs) it does get there, people. Hang in there. Yeah, it's kind of like suck it off. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I always think of the it's the meme where the guy's underwater, but he has two thumbs up. Yeah, (laughs) great. 
wow, that's neat. Well, and I'm super awkward. And I think just people getting to see that in Messenger and see like authentically, like that's me or like getting to see like all my typos when I'm messaging on back. It just, it creates just that trust too. Um, Especially like I said, in the business platform where it's, they want to have that trust and relationship before they buy something from a total stranger, you know, and that builds complete trust when you're just having conversations every day in messenger. Right. Okay. So then moving on to the, another big overarching theme from the book was making lasting impressions. And that can kind of, you know, I like that you said people get to see you're not perfect and people want that first encounter to maybe not be awkward and to convey like I got it all together. And I understand that putting your best foot forward Um, do you have any recommendations or advice on how to make good first impressions? I think again, just completely showing up authentically, you know, something like that I really try to instill in the kids is not conforming like to whoever you're surrounded with, like showing up, being authentically yourself, because with putting your best foot forward, if you're not authentically yourself, we're all made so unique and God has given us all so many different gifts. So when you're trying to be someone else, you're missing out on using your gifts and being an open vessel, like a hundred percent. I love that. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Because if you try to do it like everybody else, that's not necessarily the way you were designed. We've talked about this. You're super crafty. I'm super not. So God didn't give me the kids who needed the crafty mom. He gave those kids to Farron. Well, and I tell the girls, well, the women that sign up with me too, um, when I'm teaching them how to, you know, do this business, like, don't go to my page and try to be Lauren. Like, just like I didn't look up, you know, to people that I looked up to in the business, I didn't go to their page and try to completely duplicate them because it's your viewers are going to see that it's not authentically you and they're not going to connect with that and you're not going to have any success. And like I said, you're going to miss out. I feel like so much on the way God wants to use you when you're just not being authentic. You know Mm -hmm. what this has me thinking? I am not good at uh, finding my strengths. Sometimes I'm just, I'm going to use the word humble. I'm just so humble. Mm -hmm. I can't see all the great things I'm good at. Uh, But for whatever psychology reason there is for that, it has me thinking that maybe a strategy could be going to a close friend or family member that's going to be honest with you. Um, My Mm -hmm. mom's my biggest cheerleader, so she would just say I was great at everything. But a close friend (laughs) or family member that can help tell you what your strengths are, Mm -hmm. what makes you, you, what makes you unique and hearing that spoken back into you, you can use that to go in the direction. Yeah. You- and that's funny that you say that because that's actually one of the first tasks I get them to do is, you know, think of five things, close family, friend, husband of five different things when they think of you, because I also don't want women to go into this business and just become the skincare health and wellness girl and not have a voice for anything else. Because I do believe that God, you know, gave us the different platforms to have a voice and this is just our storefront. So that way they don't get lost. And just like when you become a mom and you still remembering like your identity is in Christ and you're not like just a mom every day, that's overwhelmed, you know? And so 
it's funny, like I said, that you said that because that's one of the tasks that I get them to go do like immediately. Maybe I can read brains. Now. Yes. Read yeah. Brains. <laughs> and it's really good. And also sometimes, Farron, you were saying that um, maybe it's a humble, a humility thing, but sometimes you're also so close to it, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. So having that outside perspective and like you said, finding the right person who's, yeah, yes, you I need agree. cheerleaders and you need your encouragers to have those people, but you also need people to be like, yeah, you're really good at this and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. We talk about combating Satan's lies too. Mm-hmm. And of course you're going to back that up with scripture, but also our church did a study this summer on how important community is. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the community to speak life into you as well. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your philosophy? One of the chapters was all about leaving someone better um, and I remember like as an athlete, if we were going to travel and be in another uh, school's locker room, we need to leave it better than we found it. If we walked in and there were <laughs> on the floor, guess what we're picking up? We're picking that up because while it was not ours, they're going to come in after us and be like, man, they left a bunch of chip wrappers on the floor. Mm-hmm. So that was more of like a tangible example. But um, what's your approach to leaving people better, whether it's interactions online or in person? So I will say, um, of course, I'm human, so sometimes not getting up early enough. Um, But me and Dylan both, we just started um, setting our alarm an hour and a half before we get the kids up for school. So we can kind of just start our day, like not, you know, crazy running around. Um, And so, of course, I start mine in prayer. So something that I pray over every single day is like my team, my future team, my customers, my interactions with people, and really just having that discernment to know, like, God, why are they in my life today? Like I said, whether it's for a season, whether it's for just today, whether it's just, you know, a simple engagement or what it is. And when you're really praying that, you can tell really quickly, especially, you know, just asking the Holy Spirit to show you, like, some people don't know they're worthy. Like, some people, you know, it's just, it's all different things. Like, um, some people don't realize, like, it just takes that first step to create change, or don't have the, you know, might not have parents that push them, and they don't even know that they're capable, like, going back to college, you know, anything like that. So it's like, like you said, leaving something better and not also for me, not getting caught up in like, okay, how can I help them fix this? But it be more of like a God speak through me on what they need to hear, like to speak life into them today. You know, with the kids showing them like at school, just we're, you know, what they learn in the house and what, like, we implement at home is what they're going to go do at school. Like, so for my kids, I'm just very open with them. Like, you're going to be nice. But I also teach them at a young age how to, like, kindly set boundaries, too. So they're not, like, growing up as adults learning how to set boundaries and thinking that they're being mean, you know. But just showing them all the different ways at school, too, how they can be a good example or, you know, like Harlow came home and there was a little boy at school. She's like, he just wasn't listening. And I don't understand. He already got his name on the board and he still was mad. And, you know, just getting to take those times, like 
you know, not my first reaction of snapping back at her, like, oh my goodness, like you shouldn't be so judgmental, but explaining to her, like, he might not have the life that you have at home. Like he might not have two parents that just really made his morning great and like lets him know that he can go out and do anything. And so it's your job to still be kind. Like, you know, did you stare at him or did, you know, you make him feel awkward that he was like acting like that in class or, you know, just really taking all of those small moments to teach them like kindness. Absolutely. I like what you started out with too, like being in prayer as you start your day over the people you're going to come in contact with, maybe the people that are on your list to come in contact with, but even opening yourself up for being led by the Holy Spirit for strangers that you might come in contact with. Um, being open to the Holy Spirit, those promptings we've talked mm-hmm. before and we've had some different people share on the show that like, I, God just told me they need pay for their meal, pay for the car behind mm-hmm. you or, you know, offer to buy that like, groceries ahead of you. Pull over and call that person right now. Yeah. That's crazy. Or <laughs> a name comes to mind. And so then we just start praying. So I like that advice when it comes to it, like don't overcomplicate it mm-hmm. when it comes to leaving someone better. Just be open, open to that prompting mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to complicate it with science okay. real quick. Because you know, science does that sometimes, yes. right? So there's something called the <laughs> muscular activation system, and that's your RAS and your brain. So whenever you think about, oh, man, I would like to see, I would like to buy a gray car. Then you start seeing gray cars everywhere. So whenever you start your morning with prayer and you're praying for your specific team members, it's easy easier to hear the Holy Spirit when he's like, say this thing like oh okay because you've been looking for it so it's easier to recognize it a lot of times people talk about like i don't know what the holy spirit's saying to me well we got to activate your ras for that and that would be helpful and so autumn miles talks about a lot yeah and so that's why too if you've read in other leadership programs or heard on other podcasts it, they say not to look at your phone first thing in the morning depend like if you're looking at stuff and it gives you that complex of competition and not enough Well, then the rest of your day, you're setting up your mind to continue to show you things that show you that you're not enough, Mm -hmm. show you the competition that's ahead of you. So um, again, a morning routine is very important. So yeah, thank you, Science Brooke. I'm going to get you a lot. I thought you were going to say Science Nerd. I was like, thank you, you're welcome. Yes. You get your own story. Like a brook. No, uh, that's fine. You're welcome. <laughs> People think that, like, oh, Christianity and science. Like, no, they're friends, guys. God actually made science. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I digress. That's okay, so the third topic in the book is an overarching theme of trust. Not only how to gain it, but maintain it, and not be in a slime, not in a slimy way. You're trying to trick people, but genuinely, how do you develop the trust? So, what do you look for in others when determining whether or not you can trust them? And then, once you're in that circle of trust, uh, what are some ways you recommend navigating through the tough conversations with your children or others or coworkers? That can be rough too. Yeah. So when I am looking for some, like, you know, a lot of times at first, like red flags will come up, especially when you're engaging with so many new people a day um, and they're becoming team members or, you know, when it comes to payments, you know, all kinds of stuff, like just different things. But for me, it's, I like to always 
maybe to a fault, but look for the good in people. Um, Dylan tells me all the time, like, you just are a little naive sometimes. But I just feel like, um, again, like these people that you're coming into contact with that might not necessarily be like super trustworthy, just showing them by example and through actions, I think is hugely important. And a lot of times when someone does shoot up a bunch of red flags, you know, because I work with all women every single day, all customers are mainly women. Um, I take like a mental note of that and just know to kind of keep my guard up. You know, some people are meant to be like lifelong friends. Then you've got friends for a season. And then some people are just like acquaintances, you know? And so I kind of just take like my mental note when I have those red flags, you know, just for instance, like going out to lunch with a bunch of new people, if they're sitting there talking bad about a bunch of women, you know, like that is just not my jam, like a hundred percent. And so just like mental notes like that, like, "Mm, well, they're going to do that to me too. Like, you know, so just different things like that. And when it comes to me wanting to be like a trustworthy friend, like I said, so much goes down in messenger and I never want to break that trust with any of like my friendships online or with my husband or, you know, family members or anything like that. So when stuff is like said in private, of course, you know, a hundred percent keeping that to yourself and it not feeling nice to spill it or to say like when it does come out anything to like say, you knew it first, like, and just really doing everything for God's glory and not your own, especially when they're coming to you in confidence, like it getting to be like not a boost of confidence for you, but a, you know, this person sees me as trustworthy. I want to keep it like that. I want to pray over them in confidence and, you know, really just also not being flaky. I feel like flakiness really makes people seem super untrustworthy too. I like that last point because you might feel like ghosting or just, you know, being flaky isn't actively bad. We talk about how, like, if you don't make a choice, you're still making a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the choices you're choosing not to do that. Yes. <laughs> so that is definitely something yeah. to consider and reflect on. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, I hear you kind of bringing up this idea of boundaries again, like you teach your children, that we still need to have those boundaries as adults in our social life and business world as well so Mm -hmm. having those red flags maybe we're not in a situation like in the workplace where we can just cut someone off but maintaining boundaries for sure Mm -hmm. yes very good advice okay so the last section of this overarching theme is leading change so we know that change is necessary but it's not always easy so what's your approach to leading your family through change Okay, so on that, it was fun. This is the last little bit, but we've moved so much in like just the last year. So my kids have gone to three different schools within one school year. And honestly, for me, we grew up where you just kind of went same place, kindergarten through senior year. So that was really hard for me at first, but just allowing... Um, what can grow out of change and you know kids are obviously really resilient but also being aware of their feelings and their fears and um, actually 
with changing, it's made them where when it was time just to start this last school, I mean, they didn't even like think anything about it. They were just excited to meet their new teacher again that they had like for one, one week last year. <laughs> and, um, but with change, it can even just be internally, you know, it doesn't have to be something that like moving or switching jobs or anything, but a lot of times any type of change just gives room for something like beautiful to grow, you know, and that means you're evolving. And even for me thinking of like who I was at 20 versus now, it's like, you're always going to be changing no matter if it's your circumstances internally and just also teaching your kids like it's okay for change that you know, you don't have to be completely resistant and hate it, but look for the good in it, even if it's like change that you didn't necessarily choose. And so for me, I, I do like change. Like I change my living room even like once a month, but, um, you know, different personalities handle change so differently. So also being aware of the people around you that might not necessarily love just to jump at like, you know, the chance of change. Yeah. I have heard on lots of podcasts lately, uh, kids it's caught, not taught. So a lot Mm -hmm. of times they're going to catch on to what they see you doing and not so much what you're trying to teach them. And so, you know, I can picture people being like, I'm terrible at change. I want my kids to be better with it. So let me continue being terrible at change. Yes, I'm going (laughs) to tell them they should be better at it because I'm not good at it. Well, we might have to go first. We might have to take that first Mm -hmm. one. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you guys do a good job of saying, okay, these changes are coming and we're going to do great. We're all going to be here as a family. We're going to get through together. It's going to be just fine. Well, and you also leave room for vulnerability too. You said, yes, kids are resilient because you teach them how to be resilient, number one, but also you're in the same in the same sentence, you said, but we let them feel their feelings and we talk about it too. So it's not like, ah, suck it up. It's like, no, okay, you're nervous. Let's talk about being nervous. What does that even mean? Here's scripture to back up why we shouldn't be nervous. Do you have any advice in business? Like if, and it, you can talk specifically to yours or in general, you know, if there's a new system that rolls out or a new product or the business is going a different direction. How do you lead that change with the people that you work with, especially if they're in the camp of like, no, I just Mm -hmm. got good at (laughs) what we were selling or doing. So like, for instance, we have like a certain system that we have put into place. It's been in place for years, like on, you know, different daily tasks, you know, with Facebook algorithm, with your intentional engagements, um, with different things and always tell them don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's so many people that went on before you that, you know, it's still working. So don't spend your energy doing that. Make it authentically you. But, you know, we deal with change so much to things like, okay, for instance, like the gut health drink that I have, it's gone viral, completely gone viral. And you've got hundred people asking for it a day, but it's on back order. So just being able, you know, for me being in the business long enough and as their leader, if I am going to panic, I'm going to not panic in front of them. You know, I'm going to come with a solution 
for, you know, the issue. And I think that that's really important, like, with leading the team is showing them, like, how to be leaders because a lot of them don't even know that they're leaders yet. And so, I mean, just even looking back to when I first started, and honestly, my friends begged me to do this. And I was like, absolutely not. Y'all are insane. That is, I am not that girl. And um, it's so funny because now it's, you know, God saw the future. He saw with the pandemic salons were going to shut down and I was going to need something. And I already had this. And anyways, older backstory. But with that, it's really showing them you know, how to lead when it is, I mean, cause we have problems all the time, packages getting lost. I mean, there's something all day, every day and just showing them like how to take a second to process it and then to come up with a solution because that's all you can do. Absolutely. That's good. Last week, Lonnie talked about how you have your team of leaders underneath you. And if you're not giving them the opportunity to step up and lead a task or, Hey, there is a, there's a problem. There's also a solution. What do you think? If you don't give them that opportunity, they're just going to continue to be a follower instead of stepping up and being a leader. So I like how you are echoing that as well. Absolutely. Um, And then the last question we had for you, but then I have just a wrap up question and anything else that you want to share, but um, how do you recommend helping others through tough changes? So if you're not going through the tough change and maybe not necessarily in the business world, How can we help our friends through a tough change when we're kind of on the outside and we just want to love them well? Well, and I think really that comes with a lot of self-reflection because I feel like we live in such a fast-paced world where everything is so go, go, go. It's really easy to, even in your own household, even in your own interactions with people in general and not online, I feel like it's super easy to kind of, become numb to other people's like you just want to like fix it for them or and it's really asking God to I don't know something that I pray is like break my heart for what breaks yours Mm -hmm. and like um just really being able to sympathize with that person and putting yourself in their shoes even if that's not something like you said that you're currently going through or something you've been through but just even sometimes people just need a listening ear. Sometimes they even just feel better after just word vomiting it all out and you praying over them and they feel so much peace a lot of times, you know? Mm, you're my go-to for that, Farron. I say on the podcast a lot, I'm like, y'all, I'll call Farron and be like, hey, disclaimer, <laughs> raw feelings, haven't processed them at all. <laughs> okay, all right, I hear you. <laughs> and we've said too that like, you might need to preface conversations as like, yeah, I just want to be angry. And then other ones is like, I'm having this problem. Can you help me figure it out? Like, cause sometimes you don't want the person, like you said, to fix it. You just need to like, let it out. Yes. I agree. And I think like the communication is key in everything, especially like I said, with me, you know, leading a team of women and then them leading a team of women. I mean, that is a lot of women with a lot of feelings, with a lot of different backgrounds, with, you know, different things going on that could be bothering them for the day or if they're totally, you know, I've, you know, letting the enemy sit at their table and whisper lies for the day. You just never know. So always having that communication. And again, I just talk going back to like just being the authentic, 
there's a kind way and something I share with the kids, like there's a kind way to share your feelings, you know, and to be upfront about them. And so when I am even just wanting to vent to Dylan, he is a problem solver. And sometimes it completely gets on my nerves because I don't want him to solve my life for the day, (laughs) but I have to go into it telling him, I just need to vent right now. I don't need your solution. I don't need you to tell me what I could have done differently or better. I just need to vent and then we'll talk about it later. You know, my verse for me, it's the be angry and do not sin. So sometimes I'm like, Farron, I'm calling you so I don't sin. (laughs) 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 Just let me be angry for a minute. All right. So (laughs) the wrap up question that I pose at the end of our interview series is to give you the opportunity to share anything that's kind of still on your heart that maybe we didn't tee you up for. So when it comes to having an influence on the people around you, because if you've been with us through this mini series, you might not be aiming to be an influencer, but you are having an influence on the people you're around every day, whether that's your 18 month old at home or the people in the corporate world, uh, or the cashier, the right. clerk, anybody. Do they even have those at grocery stores anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you have an influence. So is there any just lasting takeaway or something you want to leave our audience with when it comes to having an influence on the people around you? Um, I would say for me, you know, just like what I keep going back to, like, having the social media platform where it's getting to be relatable and see that, I don't know, inspiring everybody to be able to do the hard things, to do the, the task that nobody wants to do to achieve whatever they're wanting, you know, to do. Um, And then also, just leading people ultimately to Jesus is like main goal. Like no matter what platform or daily interaction or different thing, like I'm big on showing it through my actions and not just slamming it, you know, making people feel judged or anything because I'm like, I'm such a sinner and that's why I have God's grace and just really showing people like you don't have to be perfect. Like you're worthy of God's love. Like that is huge for me and something that I like to make sure and share with all of my girls and all of my customers and them just getting to see it through my actions. You know, Um, that's truly, truly huge for me. Like I said, my business is just my storefront just for what really, like I said, goes down in my messenger, you know, leading people to Jesus that way, or just even networking in my new community and finding my new church home and all of that. So ultimately just being able to have the influence to do everything for God's glory, not get wrapped up in my own selfish desires and leading people to Jesus and loving his people. I love Everything you said. Yep. But one thing that clicked for me different on this last go was you hear a lot that on social media, try to be relatable. But the way you said it that last time, what clicked for me is because if it's relatable, if they can relate to you doing the hard things, what that's communicating back to them is that they can do it too. Mm -hmm. And that is just awesome. And then as they get to know you and continue to relate to you, you are modeling God's love. And so that's only going to be 
contagious and hopefully Mm -hmm. further his kingdom as well. I love the point you keep bringing up about what you do is not who you are. So you may sell this or do that or whatever it is. And that's just the platform you're using to tell people about Jesus. So it doesn't matter what your title is or what your job is. It's what you're doing in that position. So I love that. Absolutely. Lauren, we know that everyone's going to want to find you and learn from you and grow with you as well. Where can our audience find you? In the okay, se- so on Facebook, it's Lauren Rosemary Burks. And then on Instagram, my handle is Vibes with Lauren XOXO. That's awesome. We will link all of it. Yeah, so if you're driving, don't multitask. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the show notes. But then at the red light, there you go. go. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Lauren. Bye. We're really good at segues. <laughs> and sound effects, right. Yes, so that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more, and who could blame you? Brooke, <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday. We have a lovely website. It's wittyandgritty.blog. You can go there. It has every mini-series ever we've done. What about the socials, Farron? Yes, we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily, but we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account, so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform. Yeah. Oh, also, fun fact, we release episodes every Wednesday, so you can count on us. Be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to go and find it every week. Yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go technologies and Uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 21 Kicks Journals, the journals you'll actually finish. Research shows that actively doing something for 21 days in a row will change your brain. Our uniquely designed 21-day journals will grow you on a deeper level, help you increase your odds of achieving your goals, and, not to mention, they're fun and beautifully designed. Head to the 21 Kicks Etsy shop today to explore your journaling options. We'll link it in the show notes.